Greetings in Jesus' name to everyone here this morning, the one that loves us in just wonderful ways. You know, you think and you wonder, what would be a good message with the brother for the brotherhood living through a pandemic? And it looks like it's far from over, so just keep enjoying the Lord's presence. <laughs> it has, hasn't changed, but the society around us sure has, and you know, we had a wonderful week. You know, it was gorgeous weather, and there was a few other distractions. Some of you might have known there was an election this week. I hope you didn't spend too much time as per uh, uh, involving in the country that is our second-rate citizenship, because our citizenship is in heaven. So it's awful good, to, uh, mighty good for us to be able to think about what's important and the blessing of that. And I thought, yeah, that would be a real picker-upper, you know, to think about things that are spiritual that lifts it up. Lifts us up. So that's by God's grace what we want to do here this morning. Uh, <clears throat> how many of you have ever been in jail? So nobody has spent much time in jail. Have you ever visited jail? Have you visited jail? Nah, that's a lot more. Yeah, I get the impression it's not a very nice place to be. Uh, and I read stories about people that were in jail for persecution for uh, religious purposes. And that's a real eye-opener. It gets worse than the jails I visited, and probably you too. <clears throat> but you had to think, you know, let's just say that you were uh, uh, a normal, carnal human being without the Lord. And, uh, and one time in a fit of anger, um, you, you did something you shouldn't have done. You took somebody out, you know? And then you... Then, uh, here, you know, you, you knew you shouldn't have done that. You know it was wrong. But before the judge said, you know what? You took a person's life. You're going to jail for life. You're going to be in there for the rest of your life. You know, that'd be hopeless. That's what they call a lifer. You ever heard of a lifer? Well, that's the way it is. They're in there for life. You get to stay in there, you get that whatever type of food. I know they give you better food than now than they used to. And you know, it just, and you're around all these criminals, all these uh, vile people. And you know what? It's a horrible predicament. It's bondage. You're not getting out. You're, you're not getting out. You're there for life. And then <clears throat> somebody heard about your cause and they, they took up your case. And then somebody in authority signed your pardon. And they said, you know what? You can go free. You, you can go free. I tell you, I think you'd, we'd all become fairly charismatic. And we'd say, praise, praise the Lord. I'm so glad I'm free. Luke 4, verses 16 to 20. Let's look it up. Luke 4, verses 16 to 20. Where it says, and he, that was Jesus, came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up, to, up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, 
to and recovering of the sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. He, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. Now, to get the setting of this, Jesus was just in the wilderness where he had the temptations from the devil to you know, give in to him. And this is, a, this is the very start of his ministry, okay? This wasn't after he had done a whole lot of miracles that proved that he was somebody special. You know, this was just Jesus of Nazareth, okay? Uh, this is one that we, we know him. We know his brothers and sisters. You know, he just, well, and then here he comes down and said, okay, they gave him the book. And he goes in there, listen, I don't know what you thought he was in that crowd. Because a lot of those synagogues wasn't that big there in Nazareth. And uh, here he, this man gets up that you knew of. You know, he just, what you thought was common folk. He said, you know, uh, and when he opened the book, he, found, he started reading the Spirit of the Lord upon me. And he started reading all these special things. He said, you know, and then he said, you know, this, this is going to happen. And one of them was to give, to give deliverance to the captives. And I thought, you know, what were they thinking? You know, they had to think, you know, gospel to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, deliverance to the captives. What's he talking about? What's he thinking? He's, what he, he must think he's something special. And that he was, as we can look back, and that he was. And we can thank uh, God for that. But they had to be wondering what in the world is going on. Deliverance means freedom and pardon. Okay? Freedom and pardon, yes. To the captives, yes. This is called the Emancipation Proclamation. Have you heard that in school? When you was in school? Did you hear that Emancipation Proclamation? Let me tell you, the one that Lincoln signed don't hold a candle to this one. You know why? That was for every slave. That was called. This is for everybody. This isn't just for a few select group. This is for everybody. The Emancipation Proclamation. I tell you, this is a wonderful passage. And if it's a wonderful one for us to experience, and it's one that every Christian has enjoyed or is enjoying, and God wants everyone to experience this emancipation. Well, in John 8, 32, he says a little bit how the... Uh, they felt about, the Jewish people felt about this kind of phraseology. Just a little later, it says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You like that? Absolutely. Because falsehoods don't make you free. Uh, you know, not at all. The truth, knowing the word of God, that's what makes you free. Uh, you know, it's, it's a tr tremendously important. But this is what, and they answered him, We are Abraham's seed. And we were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall make me free? And Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Now he puts it like it was. Now I don't understand how they can say we were not servants of anybody. Because if I remember correctly, they were enslaved. They were servants of Rome, actually. To a certain level, they had to do what Rome said. They wasn't just doing what they wanted to, but they had a good bit of religious freedom, okay? But he said, you know, he said, what do you mean we're not in bondage? He said, now listen, 
We need to, you need to understand what I'm trying to say. He said, I'm not saying, you know, that I'm going to come here and deliver you from Rome. Reminded Jerome, he said, look, whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. And that's what we need to remember. Every Christian here this morning was, that accepted Jesus was a servant of sin before they accepted Jesus. Amen? Because, see, we don't always remember that. See, that's why when he comes to proclaim the given, given deliverance to the captives, we can rejoice in that. We, have, we were the ones that were on death row, sentenced for death. Yes. In bondage of sin. And he said, but he said, look, the son is going to make you free and you shall be free indeed. Now, some people uh, go a little bit too far, but we've got to remember that right is what it says. In other words, he's saying when you, when you was willing to do sin and you didn't repent of that sin, you didn't care about that sin, you were a servant to that sin. And yeah, that's true. You remember that? You know when a person likes to do their own way, I'm going to do it my way. You know what? We're a servant of sin when we say that. I'm going to do it my way. I hear people say that. And I tell you, friends, that's not liberty. That's bondage. You know that? That's what Jesus said. That's bondage. When we want to do self, is, uh, it is totally against. He said, now the Son, therefore, shall make you free. There is no real freedom outside of Jesus. There is no real freedom outside of Jesus. And we, we need to remember that. Because when he come. He come to set us free. And so it's so easy to think, well, you know, this thing is a little thing. You know, and we, and what, yeah, you know, I need a little pleasure in my life. Now, I hope and I do know that there's joy serving Jesus. And that should bring you a lot of, uh, I, I don't like the word pleasure, okay? I'm going to put it in a carnal context, okay? Not that pleasure is always just carnal, but put it in a carnal a context because a lot of times when they mean, when they, I need a little pleasure for myself, ultimately it's carnality or sin, which is sin, okay? So I'm just going to say it that way. And that ultimately is bondage. You know why? Because if you have a little pleasure, then you want more pleasure. You know why? Pleasures for self do not satisfy. Marking up when you always got to have more and more and more of a pleasure for self. It doesn't. Why you need more? It's because it doesn't satisfy. He said very plainly there, he that commits sin is a servant of sin. And so the freedom that comes from Jesus is real and it's complete. We can rejoice in that. You have freedom in Jesus. Freedom, by definition, is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. Hmm. Interesting thought. Synonyms are liberty, libertarian, release, emancipation, and deliverance. Everybody wants freedom. We live in the land of the free. That's what they say. You know what? We live in a land of bondage. You know that? Because most people live in sin. Have you ever seen that? We actually live in Egypt of slavery. When we live for self, and uh, we do what man wants to do. It's slavery. But praise God, he said, look, I have emancipation proclamation for every person on this earth. You don't have to live in bondage. Freedom from being a slave of Satan and sin. What a tremendous, you know, what a tremendous thought. Everybody loves freedom. And we hate bondage. We tend to hate bondage and restrictions. You ever notice that? Just restrict us at one time. 
Yeah, and just see how much reaction there is. Yeah, we tend to hate that. There is release from bondage in Jesus because there's freedom to live, because freedom to live for self and selfish pleasure is bondage. We want it my way. It's got to go. That is bondage. And a good description of this is in Romans 6, verses 20 to 23, where it says, for when you were servants of sin, now think about your past life. Think of what has happened. And, and don't take too long. We can, you don't always have to be out there before we accepted Jesus. And when we were servants of sin, we were free from righteousness. That's the same picture before God. And what fruit had we then in those things thereof? Ye are now ashamed. For the end of those things is a good life. You'd think the Americans would say that, and they do. The end of those things is death. Very plainly. And we don't, you know, that's why the devil tricks us. He don't like us to look at the end. He wants us to think about today. Yeah, I want every pleasure. Well, I can just do this, all this fun thing, and I can just, uh, you know, live for self more. No, the, the end, he says very plain, is, is death. But it don't stop there. It, it changes. And now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. It's, it's a complete contrast. What a wonderful trade-off. In other words, when, when it really comes down to it, you're a servant to somebody. Mark it down. Oh, no, I'm not going to serve Jesus. You know, he, he makes me do this and that. Well, you're serving the devil then. You serve yourself. And so we need to realize, when I started looking at this, and I that's amazing. We, might, you, we are, you, every last one of us are serving are servant to somebody. Either we're serving our own flesh, our own pleasures, our own desires, which is bondage to Satan. You're serving to Satan. You're not doing your own thing. You know, you're not in your own hands. The devil's leading you. It's terrible. I mean, I think it helps us to get our eyes open the way it is. And we don't want to go that way. No. But, but we get to be servants of the Lord. Yes. Do you love being a servant for Jesus? Because we don't. The other option isn't good. Because we're either we're serving Jesus or we're serving the devil. Well, that's what they call a no-brainer. Okay? And yet, you know, it's so easy. It's so easy to be uh, tempted back in to or dabbling in lukewarmness and sin. There is, there's really no neutral ground here, okay? We're, we're in bondage. We're a servant to somebody. And I like it as we're, you never hear it spoken of in the scripture that you're in bondage to Jesus, okay? It does talk about being a slave, I will admit. It talks about following, being a servant and a slave, but never bondage. You know why? You can change. If you think it's bondage to serve Jesus, you can change. And then you will be in bondage, okay? If you think it's bondage, I, I, I'd sooner be in bondage. I'd sooner be in bondage to Jesus, okay, than, than serving. Well, see, you never say you're serving Satan. I say, oh, I just want it my way. Now, I'm not going to do that. No, 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 that's, that's too much. All right, whenever we say that, we've got to be very careful. Remember, we're only serving one. We're servants either to Jesus, thank God, and that's where you get real freedom. Okay? And you know what the freedom is? The freedom isn't to do what my carnal flesh wants to do. It's freedom from the bondage of Satan. And there's no better freedom. 
There's no more real freedom than being able to live your life in such a way that I am free from the bondage of Satan. Praise the Lord. Every one of us can experience that. That's beautiful. Let me tell you, friends, that'll get your spirits above the pandemic to something to rejoice in. And Jesus, that's what he wants. Do you know the song, Glorious Freedom? Do you know that song? Raise your hand a little higher above your... Okay, good. I'll read the verse. Maybe we'll sing the chorus after. Listen closely. This is, a, this is a wonderful song. And it just blesses my soul. Let it soak in and, and, and just really thrill you. Once I was bound by sin's galling fetters. That's bondage. Chained like a slave, I struggled in vain. But I received a glorious freedom when Jesus broke my fetters in twain. Freedom from all carnal affections. I don't know. I'm just going to read them slowly. These things speak to me, okay? Almost makes me have chills. Freedom from envy, hatred, and strife. Freedom from vain and worldly ambitions. Freedom from all that saddened my life. Freedom from pride and all sinful follies. Freedom from love and glitter of gold. Freedom from evil, tempter, temper, and anger. Glorious freedom, rapture untold. Freedom from fear and all its torments. Freedom from care and all of its pain. Freedom in Christ, my blessed Redeemer, he who has rent my fetters in twain. Friends, that don't thrill you. We're not looking at the right place, okay? Can we sing that chorus? Would you, would you, say, you know that song? Let's sing this like it means something to you, okay? Glorious freedom, wonderful freedom, no more in chains of sin I repine. Jesus, the glorious emancipator, now and forever. He shall be mine. Okay, it might have been there. Let's do this again. Glorious freedom. Come on, sing it. Uh, wonderful freedom. No more in chains of sin I repine. Jesus the glorious emancipator. Now and forever. He shall be mine. You can thank God for that. I tell you, to imagine that he's saying, look, you become my servant. You don't have to serve sin. That's liberty. That's freedom. I tell you, the worst life in the world is one serving self and living for self. And yet you, we, as Christians, don't have to serve self. I mean, we don't live for weekends. We don't live for parties. We don't live for drinking. We don't live for selfish place. You know why? Because we have freedom in Jesus. And that makes all the world a difference, friends. That is everything. Imagine that all my sins can be beneath the blood. You say, well, I've sinned since I accept Jesus. Yes, we have. That's for sure. But we do the first step up. We repent of our sins. We say, Jesus, 
Forgive us our sins. I know I'm being ensnared again by the devil. And I don't want to live in bondage to him. Because at the end of our life, there's a ways of death. I'm going to die spiritually. I don't want to do that. I want to have, I want to have freedom in Jesus. And that freedom is freedom over the bondage of Satan. What a tremendous liberation he gives. Yeah. And there's more blessings in that exchange of masters. It says in Romans 8, verses 1 and 2, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. Now I tell you, imagine, when we obeyed Jesus, when the Spirit spoke to us, we said, yes, Lord, you were right. I was wrong. I was living to see it. I want to repent of that. Then we become under the law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And I praise God for that. Because he comes in and, and when we ask for forgiveness, he convicts us. And we, and we say yes to him. We become under his jurisdiction. He leads the way. Uh, so... What a tremendous blessing because to be delivered above knowing that that life sentence that, that, that Satan has on, on every person that does not accept Jesus, they have a life sentence of bondage. And he says, I want to deliver you above that. Yes, we're living where spiritual laws govern our lives. Not in the bondage of sin and self. Freedom to live above self. Freedom to do what Jesus asked us to do. Yes. People don't like the thought of living by laws and standards, but they're there. 2 Peter 2, verse 19 says, When they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servant of corruption. Hmm. So there's those saying, yeah. And you hear that in Christian circles. You need to find liberty. Friends, when they ask you to have liberty from the word of God, it's bondage from Satan. Mark it down. You know, we'd say, oh, you, know, you don't have to do that. Well, if we're doing something for Jesus' sake, keep it up. Keep it up. Don't let the devil tempt you that you can be liberated in him. Because it's not the truth. Because it says there, servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, the same is brought, the same is he brought in bondage. Okay? So, we're overcoming by Satan. We're in the bondage. You know, we're going to live by somebody's standards. And you might say, well, it's going to be my standards. Well, not really. Uh, it's either Satan's or the Lord's. And we want to live by the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So, more about the spiritual laws that are still in effect after we are free. Galatians 2 verse 1 says, Bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Isn't it wonderful? Did you ever think about that, you know, when God speaks to your heart and he makes you a loving person, irregardless of what you was before. And not all of us were always just the most loving person before. And sometimes we're not always the most loving person even after, but we can grow in this. And, and so, you know, when you do that, so you care about other people. You, you, you care about, you know, we have people that are quarantined. We have people in the hospital. We have people sick. We have people spiritually struggling. And he said, you know, when you bear that, you fulfill the law of Christ. It's beautiful. We, you, don't need, you know, it's amazing that a true born-again Christian that's wanting to grow like Jesus, say, Lord, what do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? He said, Lord, I, I want to be a help. I want to be a blessing. 
You know what? You're fulfilling the law of Christ. You don't think of it as law. You know what? Because you have freedom in Jesus. You're liberated. You're liberated from what to say. Now, what can I do for myself today? You know what I mean? That's bondage. You know, because it don't fulfill. You know, you, you could this afternoon and you could just think about what would your flesh want to do? And you know what? You'd want to do it tomorrow. You want to do it more. And you know, that is bondage, isn't it? Do you ever think about that? Getting your own way is bondage. But serving Jesus, saying, Jesus, what do you want me to do? That's freedom. And it's so beautiful. Wow. So wonderful we can live that way. James 2, verse 8 says, If you fulfill the royal law, it's interesting. According to the scriptures, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You do well. True. So it's more than you love brothers and sisters. You care about your neighbor's spiritual condition. You might even be caring about their physical condition. You might be caring about their health condition. Whatever it may be. And he said, you know what? If you're going to fulfill the royal law, you better love your neighbor as yourself. That's why, you know what that royal means? You like royal laws? Well, I don't know, think about it. Royal law, what's a royal law? It means preeminent. It's like it's prestigious. <laughs> you, want pre you want to go into prestigious law? <laughs> this is one, uh, all of them are good standards of God, but this is the royal law. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's the royal law. That's interesting. And his father explained, in Romans 13, verses 8 to 10. Now, I'm, I'm just bringing out a few, okay? Uh, when I studied into this recently, it's just a, it, it's incredible how many verses relate to this. And it says, Romans, 8 verses, uh, Romans 13, verses 8 to 10, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Okay, very put both sides of the picture, which you shouldn't do, but we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment, fulfilling of the law. That's amazing. You know, that's why it is very accurately said that the church, the bride of Christ, the church is the most loving group on the face of the earth. It's got to be. If it isn't, then it's not where it needs to be. And we want to be, we, we want to be naturally having the love of Jesus. And that's, and that's easy to understand because we think about what Jesus loved me when I was in bondage to, to, to Satan. I was a servant of his. And he loved us when, when we were alienated from his grace and his fellowship. He loved me. So why wouldn't I love one another? Why wouldn't we love our brothers and sisters? Why wouldn't we care about them? Why wouldn't we care about our neighbors? Jesus loved me when I was worse than that. Well, so yes, it's natural. Wow, what a tremendous blessing. Another reason that free saints, that free, uh, free saints in Jesus Follow his commandments, where it says in James 1, verse 25, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Wow, amazing. Perfect law of liberty. And continueth therein, he being a forgetful hearer, not a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed 
But, let me read that again. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. We are so blessed. In your hands, if you have the Bible, you have the perfect law of liberty. And one reason why I'm just trying to bring it down to a simplistic level, because if we accept Jesus and we're freed from the bondage of Satan, which is not dominant, it doesn't mean there's no temptation, uh, but it means it's not dominant. We're not just giving in to the bondage of Satan. We're fighting it. We're resisting it. We're asking forgiveness when we fall into it. Then, we're, then we are living in liberty in Jesus, freedom in Jesus. But you're so blessed to have that perfect law of liberty. Yeah, the perfect law of liberty. There is no other place to find out where you can have real freedom other than this book, the Bible. There's no other place. And so we, we look in there. We, we want to read it. We have it in our hands. And that's why it is paramount that we have a daily fellowship by reading the word and praying with Jesus. It's, it's, it's just imperative because we have that perfect law of liberty. You know why? When we go by the standards of this book, we are liberated in Jesus. We have liberty in Jesus. Uh, that's such a privilege. And I tell you, friends, it makes for wonderful brotherhood. This isn't divisive brotherhood. This is wonderful brotherhood. They're working together. There are reasons why it's so important to read and obey. Where it says in Romans 2, verses 12 and 13, For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish outside the law, without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. I praise God when we look at it and say, it was already mentioned, Lord, what do you want me to do? Okay? There's there is lots of principles in this book that apply to today. The things we've been going through. There's a lot of things in this book. And if we say, Lord, what will you want me to do? Guess what? We will be obeying Jesus and we have freedom in him. And I tell you, friends, there's nothing that replaces that. That's just so wonderful. We can be those that say, look... I, I, you know, I want to be justified for God. I'm going, I'm going to obey his word. Also, uh, in James 2, verse 12, it says, And so speak ye, and so do, that they that shall be judged by the law, that, and they shall be judged by the law of liberty. It's the law of freedom in Jesus it's liberty. It's freedom. And so I looked in the original. It means principles of freedom. We live by principles of freedom. That's the law of liberty. That we read. That sort of put a new tent on the Bible to me. I just, that was a different way of looking at the, this wonderful book we have. Yeah, it's, a, it's the perfect law of liberty. It's the law of uh, the principles of freedom. That's what Jesus wants every man to have. It's a beautiful a beautiful standard of Lord, I want to be more like you. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond? A few warnings against the abuse of liberty. I'd like to read a few verses from Romans 6, verses just 18 and 19. Romans 6, verses 18 and 19, it says, Being then made free from sin, you become the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have <clears throat> yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to, iniqu 
and to iniquity unto iniquity. Even so, now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. And there's a lot said here, because it, it, there again, it just brings out that contrast of, of living in liberty, freedom with Jesus, or being ensnared by uh, the, what it says here, members of uncleanness, former lust, it says in other places. The in a, uh, New King James says, verse 19, it says, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, lawlessness so now present your members of, as slaves of righteousness for holiness. <laughs> and I thought that is so beautiful. You know, I don't really think that, I, that we as Christians think maybe enough of the warfare that we're in when we say, well, the devil tips me and I want this pleasure and I, I'm going to react this way and I said these things or I did this. We don't think about it as being lawless. But that's the way God sees it. That, that's the way God sees it. And that speaks to me. Because, you know, in different ways and different things, you know, it's easy to be a law unto ourselves. We justify ourselves. That's a law unto ourselves. God calls it lawlessness. He said, look, there's a different way. And he says, we become the slaves of righteousness for holiness. That takes a little digestion to get to there. You like, you like that? You're slaves of righteousness unto holiness. If you want freedom, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. We are following Jesus. We're his servants. And so we love righteousness and holiness. So the question is, back then we talked about the law of the Spirit in Christ Jesus, the law of the Holy Spirit. So in, we talked about the, the journey of Paul. And you know what? Every last one of you are on a journey. And Jesus is checking out that journey. You know, he's saying, is Claire or you, are we loving holiness? And we love that perfect law of liberty, and we're responding in ways that shows holiness better now than we did a year ago. Is that what he would say? We're on a journey. And I praise God, if the journey has got a little rabbit trail off the track, we can get forgiveness, okay? And we can come back to that freedom. Don't ever think that, when, uh, that we can do what we feel is right. What we want to do, and we know we're not submitting to God's word, that we're okay. It's lawlessness, he says. And you don't want to do this. And look, we, you, we are living in as servants to somebody. And so I want to, we want to grow in holiness. And it's a privilege we can do that. 1 Peter 2, 16. Very interesting verse that uh, kind of hit me when I read it. Because it, it fits right into what we're talking about this morning. 1 Peter 2, 16. As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, for as the servants, but as the servants of God. Now I want to read that in New King James. As free and not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. And you know what the for vice means? Using our liberty as a vice of badness or trouble. Badness or trouble. I thought, what could that be? 
how could I, how could we? He wrote this for a reason, okay? How could I use my liberty as a cloak for badness or for trouble, for vice, and not being a servant of God? <clears throat> I'll read the context. I'll read the context. Listen closely. 1 Peter 2, 12 to 17 in the New King James. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. How beautiful. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as, are, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. So our good works put to silence the foolishness of uh, uh, the ignorance of foolish men as free, not using your liberty as freedom, as a cloak for badness. But as bondservants of God, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. So he's sitting there saying, look. There's times when submission is the bottom line. And it's always tough. Because even servants of Jesus and freedom in him, it isn't always their claim of fame to be the most submissive. Amen? Would you agree with that? I would. I'm talking about myself. But I think that's true. And he said, there's going to be ordinances of, of the king, even of governors that you don't like. And we know, we're basically saying, free sense, basically he's saying, Free saints submit to authority as long as it does not violate biblical principles. Because he said, and I've heard it already said, and, I, and thank God it wasn't in this area, when those people reject uh, uh, things that the governors are saying that show and they don't violate Bible principles, we're going to remember that when the draft comes in. And I think we all think about that. I think it's very true. Then we better think about that. And then he goes on to say, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. And I think that's a package deal. I don't think we can fear God and not honor the king. I don't think we can fear God and not love the brotherhood. I don't think we can fear God and not honor all people. And I really think if we're willing to say, Lord, that's what you want me to do, we'll come out of good place. We'll live in freedom in Jesus. And that's what he wants. So we don't want to do things that, that show unsubmissiveness when there isn't good, sound Bible principles. We don't want to do that. We want to be those that they look at us and say, wow, that's amazing. They submit even when it's a pain, when it's a nuisance. They're willing to do that. Romans 8, 2-4 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, and we as people, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And I tell you, friends, that shows 100%. When people, when we, when we as Christians follow the Spirit, we love the perfect law of liberty. We're living in freedom, to, so we're submissive to God. We're submissive to proper authority. And we're doing his will. I tell you, friends, that shines. That shines. That's freedom in Jesus. And we can be that way. We want to be that way. We can live above guilt 
and sin. We can live above the entanglements and bondage of sin and self. We're free to live his standards and we'll find joy in it. And you'll bless it because God's people are going to do that till he comes back. God bless you and enjoy freedom in Jesus Christ.